episode 242 of Kane's Cast. And Shane Willis, that was a fun weekend. I mean, if you could tell me the exact same result was going to happen, I would hit the rewind button right up until about the um, sixth storm brew. Well, you almost hit the over-under. Yeah. Good thing. It was a push. <laughs> well done. <laughs> it is Kane's Cast presented by Storm Brew, which is made at R&D Brewing, and you can go visit them at their tap house on Capitol Boulevard. And if you haven't had a Storm Brew, one, enjoy it responsibly, too. You can get it where any of your fine and favorite beverages are sold. And if they don't have it, ask for it by name. And there was a lot of it that should have been toasted and celebrated this weekend for what the Carolina Hurricanes, what the NHL, and what the Canes and Raleigh have pulled off in the Canes fans for that stadium series. And uh, I just want to just stick tap to everybody for a phenomenal week. It started for the, the team with the dads and mentors trip up in D.C., rolled into Cam Ward Hall of Fame night where he joined Rod Brindamore, Ron Francis, Glenn Wesley, who had the automatic ticket into the Hurricanes Hall of Fame because their jerseys were retired, their numbers were retired. And then it rolled into, I don't know if any of us could have anticipated 25,000 people on a rainy Friday for the Fan Fest. And then they said 56, 961. There, there were 57,000, 58,000. I, I would even think 60,000 people somehow got into Carter-Finley Stadium for the Stadium Series game. Then it rolls into Monday in the alumni game that had about 6,000 people show up for that. And then a club hockey game between NC State and North Carolina, 26,000 fans plus. It's a hockey market, folks, and you should be proud of what you did because this weekend is one of those things you remember forever. So thank you from our good friend Justin Williams to everybody there. Shane Willis, before you even talk on this one, you deserve way more credit than you are ever going to get for all of the things that went on behind the scenes, from getting all of the alumni here for the alumni game, from all of the heavy lifting to make sure that FanFest went off on uh, without a hitch on Friday, you deserved to sit in the stands and just soak it all in, or in some cases, drink it all in, which I looked back and it looked like you were trying to. Uh, that being said, just thank you for all of the effort that you put through for this, and what a fantastic Fantastic weekend. Oh, and Scott Burnside is going to join us to help wrap this up too. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm running out of words for how good everything just played out uh, the the past eight nine days here in in the Triangle in Raleigh. Yeah, everyone <clears throat> I think was focused in on on one day, but we talked about this last week on Hurricanes Live about truly what a celebration the sport of hockey was going to be here the entire week and. Thank you for that, Mike. But, I mean, we as an organization, I mean, everyone from top to bottom was bought in the entire week. Um, the staff that I have working with me, the hours they put in, the effort they put in to make sure everything was ready for our fan base. And then, I mean, thank you to our fan base. <clears throat> the way they continue to support, the way they come out, the way they cheer, the way they celebrate, the way they treat people is just blows me away. The conversations I had downtown fan fest, I have so many moments from the weekend that stick out to me is that was awesome. 
that one moment made that day awesome. That one moment made the game so special. Of the people I talked to, the chaos it was getting into the stadium, how I just stood there and walked with people and just talked about hockey, talked about youth hockey with people, talked about what they did Friday down at FanFest. Um, I'm pretty sure today's Thursday now that we're taping this. Uh, Could you, be. Could you be. You and I both sounded a little raspy. I thank you because I know the time you put in, Michael, uh, of the calls and stepping up and, you know, making our game call of the alumni game look probably faster than it really was. Um, we'll talk about you making fun of my defense later. Um, I'm pretty I'm sure that was... what talking about. We saw first, and I wanted yeah, to point it, it out to everybody second. in attendance. I'm arguing that it might have been my second defensive play ever. The shocking thing was I actually saw you pass up on a shot. That was the one that was really I more. was so nervous if anyone was at the game trying to get that puck over to Brooks Brindamore. I'm not a great passer. It took me two tries. I finally got it to him, and then he buried, but... That is one of those moments that you can sit back. Again, yesterday I was able to take the day off and just spend some time around home. And every single time you turn the corner, you're like, oh, little things pop back up in your memory of like, remember that? Remember this? People yep. texting me pictures. Of, and I think we talk about our roles and we talk about youth hockey. I have received so many great emails about how it affected a family, a young kid, a young boy, a young girl whether they got the skate on the stadium series ice, whether they were at the game, um, whether they were downtown at FanFest, whether they were at home watching it with their family because they didn't get tickets. So many awesome stories that we'll remember for a lifetime. It's something we don't, Will we see a stadium series game, Mike, you and I? Not sure. But we'll never forget this one. I can tell you there's no reason that if the NHL is looking to put another one here, that they got anything other than a resounding yes, we could put it back here and maybe it could be even bigger. I, I don't I, I don't think they'd have cold feet this time. No. And, and for me, that was one of the takeaways for the weekend. Everybody who I talked to the NHL, who worked or talked to from the NHL, and when we talked to Steve Mayer last week, who is the chief uh, content officer of the NHL, what I loved about Steve's answer with us was he didn't blow smoke. He goes, yeah, we were a little worried about putting it here. We were. And then, you know, he gave us the answers. It, and this was before the game. He said, but it's been fantastic. Everyone who I spoke with said, this was the best outdoor event we have put on. They've done 37 of them. and Or if it wasn't the best, one of the best. Just how it all plays through. And when you mention all of the memories that were made, the rink got me on skates for the first time in, in 17 years, if you want to call what I did skating, and you I saw, saw it, it, so I don't think you I can call it I deleted the that. video. Yeah. Well, there was, there was a little barter out of, there. Out of due respect, I deleted the video, but I think we have to go back there, too, because I think a lot of times, Mike, we are hard on the league. Um, oh, yeah. And the way they look. But for me, I think we as a franchise and really a fan base have to thank the league because it's a heavy lift for what they did the way they put on the show Saturday night. But then in our world, to stay Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday to allow certain groups of fans right. out on the ice, for our alumni to play a game there and our fans to continue, for our club hockey teams, that's a lot of work. And I've been able to talk to some NHL people who had to stay here. They've already been here for 10 days. Yeah, Who stayed here for our fan base. So I'm going to say it for everybody who was able to take part in those events. Thank you to the National Hockey League for their countless hours and the works they put in, making sure the ice stayed viable for us to use. You don't, you didn't see from from nine to four, they're working extremely hard to cover the ice to make sure the sun doesn't melt it, to make sure everyone can still use that ice. Um, and a lot of people are flying home. I know today and very thankful they get to go home. So thank you to 
um, all those people behind the scenes that allowed us to continue to enjoy this for multiple days and not just Saturday. All right. Well, we are going to take a bunch of questions about this. We have other things to talk about as well, but we also have Scott Burnside from Burnside on Hockey, of course, special contributor to CarolinaHurricanes.com and one of the uh, better people we could ask about how Raleigh pulled off this weekend. And, of course, he is uh, like the, the third Beatle, although there was four of them, uh, to our, our podcast here, Shane. Scott, you, you've covered a lot of outdoor games and, and big events. And I know that we might have the, the Regency bias here of, you know, this is – it was here and Carolina really went all out. But where did that, that – stadium series game rank for you or or just the entire feel of it maybe compared to some of the others you've covered or other events you've been around yeah and it's, it's interesting as the, the the days were leading up to saturday's game at uh, at carter family i was i sort of went back over you know some of the outdoor experiences i've i've been fortunate enough to have and that goes back to the very first winter classic in buffalo in 08 and uh, you know, saw a game at Dodger Stadium, and uh, I've been to Wrigley, I've been to Fenway. So, I, you know, sort of the iconic locations for outdoor games. And um, and to me, I, I don't look at it just as, you you know, the game in isolation. Although the game itself was terrific. Uh, again, playing at night, <clears throat> I thought the ice conditions were outstanding. I thought, you know, the, the game, certainly from a hometown perspective, it was it, it was an outstanding game. The, the level of competition, you know, Washington's pretty beat up, but you know, all those things were excellent to me. I, I pull back the lens a little bit and, and I, I, I include the Cam Ward Hall of Fame ceremony and the lead up to that. Uh, I think of, uh, you know, the excitement building into Saturday night. And then even after that, the, uh, the alumni game, which I thought, frankly, the high point for me was listening to the play-by-play call of the alumni game because it was outstanding. Um, and then the, the, the college game, NC State and UNC, 26,000 people filling into that stadium on a Monday night. Uh, to me, it's the whole event because I think that's what you know, and we may have talked about this in the past, and I wrote about it last week, you know, this idea that maybe there's outdoor game fatigue. Well, there's there's no outdoor fatigue game in the markets where these games take place. It, it just doesn't happen. And I think what happened in Carolina was was not just memorable, but, but I think really special. And I talked to a couple of league people after the game on Saturday and even into Monday and the consensus was this might have been one of the greatest outdoor events since the league started putting them on. And that's now what, 15 years ago. And you look at the merchandise sales, and you look at the, the ratings, all the metrics that you can point to for an event like this are really off the charts. And, and to me, it's just the feel like how excited people were to be part of it. I did a radio hit in the middle of the fan fest and, the weather was perfect. It really was something that I think everyone who took part in it at whatever level will remember forever. And I'm not sure you can ask for anything else if you're putting on an event like that. I couldn't agree with you more, Scott. I can tell you the um, stadium series fatigue hit me yesterday like it was Scott Stevens once again. Um, <laughs> really went down. <laughs> Is wow. that too far? I can say that about myself. Oh, right? that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why Scott and I are enjoying that a little bit more. Um, but I have, to, I have to completely agree with you, Scott, on everything weaved together, which made this event so special and starting Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, 
You could even include the basketball game that was here Sunday between two huge rivals in NC State and UNC, and and the building once again was rocking all the way into Monday. And then, you know, Tuesday night to see this team and how excited the building was when, you know, they knew Andre Svechnikov was so close to a hat trick and they wanted him to get it, and he almost gets it on a lacrosse-style goal. That would have kind of been the cherry on top of it if he would have slammed that in the top corner for a hat trick. But I go back to the Stadium Series game. I liked it. I think the most because it was at night and I think it's something the league will probably really look at uh, from optics and how it it looked as the game went on. But was there a point, I mean, there was so many, we talked to the players and they just start rambling off lists of of a favorite part. I'll give you mine to kind of lead things in because everyone looked at the game and you look at the start and the anthem and the flyover. My favorite part, and I had the ability to sit down low. I wasn't far behind Mike and trip, but I truly think it really hit the crowd when Marty Natchez scored the power play goal in the second period, that this game was over and the party really started. That goal to me ignited the crowd to another level. And from there, I just kind of sat back and watched the party ensue as everyone knew the Caps were defeated and, and this was our night. Well, yeah, and I think that's a great point, Jane. And I think for me, you know, I mean, yes, you can take the sort of holistic view of this that even if you lost the game, it was still a great event. Okay, yeah, but the, you know what? It would have sucked to host that event and lose the game, right? It just, it would. I, I remember doing the Winter Classic game in, in Washington where the Caps scored in the last minute uh, to beat Chicago, and Chicago was still a really good team. I just remember at the end of it and talking to the players where they're like, you know what? We're so glad we won because, you know, it just would have, it, it just would have been a completely different thing if you were talking about it in the, context of oh well it was a great event but we lost the game and and i'm with you like that game you know you score early um to really i think you know really electrify a crowd that was already on the edge of their seats but when it became clear that carolina was in complete control of that game and you don't have to, you know it's a fan base because you, you want to win right and so maybe there's some nervousness and you know whatever goes with the anxiety of a close game that wasn't there on Saturday night. And it wasn't there for much of the game because of the way that the Hurricanes played and, and taking advantage of their opportunities. And I think that just attitude as well as, hey, this isn't just a celebration of hockey in this marketplace. It's not just a, you know, a reminder of what a great hockey market, uh, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina have become. But it was a clear reminder that this team is, you know, yes, degrees of greatness, and Boston's still, you know, the standard bearer this year. But this Carolina Hurricanes team is an exceptional team, and there's a lot, there's some work yet to be done between now and March 3rd. Everyone knows that, but I think it was a reminder of how good this team is, how well built they are, how well coached they are. And and you mentioned I I watched that game on television on Tuesday night. I was pretty curious, like, you know, it could have been a lunch bag letdown for sure, yep. but there wasn't any of it. And, and I, I, again, I think the fact this team continues to roll, you know, you didn't get too wound out in, you know, at any point in that Saturday game, you come back and in a very workmanlike fashion that I couldn't agree more, Shane, on the, how important it was for Andre Spectrum to who's actually played very, very well, just hasn't had any puck luck when it comes to goal scoring. Uh, everyone thought Tuesday night was a nice exclamation point to the whole, the whole proceedings 
over the last week or so. No, I the, think that the fan I, base really shocked me Tuesday. No, <laughs> as I, far I, as the energy, I mean, maybe it was fifteen thousand people that didn't make it in the stadium, but I mean, the energy and the way they started chanting, they wanted the hat trick goal. You know, I I did <laughs> the gamesmanship of Craig Berube after starting hearing the chance to say, I'm going to put my goaltender back. I know our fans, our fans probably were wondering, they're like, well, he just pulled him. Why did he put it back in? Just so you know, that was so Andre did not get a hat trick. Absolutely was. Because he took him out with three minutes to go. Allow allow me to be more diplomatic. Perhaps he said, I gave my team the opportunity. They showed me, they showed me nothing with the extra man. Now I'm not going to let them get a hat trick. That's all I'm saying. I played against Craig Berube. And he put him back in to say, um, touche, stop chanting for the hat trick. It's not happening in my watch. Oh, no. I, I, I'm just saying I don't think that that was the end-all, be-all. I think there's more to it. Because knowing Greg Berube, uh, he just wants to send a message to his team that we still have to play hard. Well, they, I, And we're not going to watch hats. We're, I don't want to be in this building any longer. I don't want to see hats come onto the yeah, ice. That's, that's what it exactly. I think that's what it comes down Maybe to. Maybe he was just trying to get to the plane faster. That, yes. <laughs> Hat cleanup's going to take too long. It's going to take 10 minutes. Here. 10 extra minutes. And, you know, they had a meeting. For, in, uh, insider told me this. A meeting a couple days earlier or the day before, you know, with Doug Armstrong, you know, given the – the college try guys. Don't worry, we're not giving up. We just traded our best players, but let's go win some games. <laughs> oh, they might be trading for it. We'll get Thanks. to this. We'll get Thanks, to this with GM. Scott in a second. But uh, I, I just look at, and it's funny because you're talking about what can the outdoor game do for a team. But Darren Pang and John Kelly, the outstanding broadcasting group for Legends. the St. Louis Blues, they talked about, and Darren Pang specifically said that. What was it, Scott? In 2017, when uh, St. Louis got their their outdoor game, the first yeah, one. Yeah, they had the Winter Classic. Did yeah. they not at Bush Stadium? Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and they talked about how that <clears throat> was a springboard for that Blues team to to get to a next level. You know, to play in in that kind yeah. of game, have that kind of focus on them, and the way they played, everybody was, you know, all right, all right, this is it. This is what we're supposed to be like on this stage. And I think that's what the Hurricanes did to it. And, and Shane, not to be contrarian, but Scott is on the show right now, so we have to argue with each other when Scott's here. That's correct. I can't believe that you're shocked at, at anything that this fan base does now with this group. It's a valid point, but, I mean, the way, the way I felt Tuesday, I mean, again, I applaud our fans because they're amazing. And to get the energy back up in this building, I'll be ready Friday. To, to be fair, though, not everybody had your week in the weeks leading up to it with all of the planning and all of the heavy lifting, literally heavy lifting behind the scenes, and then the heavy lifting that you did on Saturday night four rows behind me and Trip. I did lift. It, Every lift it was appeared to be a lot. To 16, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. The, the, the biceps looked a little bit uh, swole today. Were, I had to switch to left hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, I, I just and the other thing too, I want to bring this up when you talk about the whole weekend, the the Friday Fan Fest downtown. It's raining, yeah. and you get twenty five thousand people plus downtown to take part of that. I, again, it just shows where the market is. I think all those questions are gone. But I I was going to ask, and I kind of got into this with the the blues thing I just rambled on about Scott, which is, you know, you think of a letdown for a game like this, but for the Canes being on the national stage, having the night game. Uh, it's the most viewed stadium series game since Pittsburgh and, and Philadelphia. Is this something that maybe can propel this this Hurricanes team? Like give them 
one more shot of like, okay, here's the adrenaline you need to get to the finish line. Yeah, I, I think there's something to that. And, and, and I do, you know, I'm not surprised to hear, you know, Darren Pang and the, and, and the, and the blues talk about, you know, what, what that event might have done to a team that would a couple of years later, uh, you know, win a Stanley cup. But I, I do think, uh, I think it's important. Actually, I had this conversation with Tom Dundon just before Cam Ward's big game on Thursday. And he, he raised the point about how, how he feels he loved the idea of the outdoor game because it it really does help break up a routine Shane you know this you know better than, than, than Mike and I perhaps and certainly better than I would but this idea that you know just past the midpoint of the season listen you know you're going to make the playoffs there's lots to play for all that kind of stuff but a moment like what we saw or, or the moment you know plural over the last week I mean, what a great treat for a really good team. There's a certain reward, right? I mean, it breaks up the routine. I talked to Jordan Saul after the game. We were just sort of joking around that, you know, how, how much fun it had been to have, you know, all of, you know, the family coming together and spending time and all the things that had happened. Like, what a nice break before things get real serious into March and, and of course, into April. So, I think that's the part for me that, you know, and it was such a feel-good moment. It has to recharge batteries that, you know, it's a long season. Like, it's a, it, the people don't get the grind of it. And even the good teams that are going to go to the playoffs, there is a grinding element to it. And I think what at an event or these kinds of events that come off so perfectly and that shine such a positive light, on a team and a market and an organization and the players themselves, God, you got to feel so good coming to work, you know, now with what's ahead and saying, okay, now let's, let's finish this job. Um, you know, that's, I'm, I'm projecting, but to me, I can see that's a real dynamic and we'll see come May and June, you know, can we draw a line from what happened last week to a team going to a conference final, going to a Stanley cup final and, and who knows, maybe bringing home a second Stanley Cup um, to, to, to the Raleigh area. Yeah, I have to agree because we talk about this time of year all the time, about the, the dog days of you know February into the start of March, and not only talking about the energy the guys had coming out, and you could see it. I mean, the past three days afterwards, I mean, the smiles, and they're still talking about it. It also alleviates the stress level of what we'll get into our next topic because March 3rd is quickly approaching uh, of what a team does to maybe look to get better and what the pieces you add. But I think this, no question in my mind, was an absolute energy recharge and refreshing moment for a group that is so mentally focused. But you could tell each and every one of them truly enjoyed what happened on Saturday night. And it carried over into Tuesday. You could still see them smiling and talking about it. And they just have a real high energy right now as you go into this week. And the week sets up for them because you look at teams coming in. You have to be ready for Ottawa, a young team that are they charging? Are they not charging? What are they doing? They have some talent. But then you get the Ducks on the end of their East Coast road trip on Saturday. You should continue to roll this bus in the right direction with that type of energy you built out of the stadium series. And I just think it is that event that can take this team to another level. And 
we can look back at it. There are moments as when teams make a run, you look back at moments in a season, and I agree with you, Scott, that Saturday is one of those boxes that will be checked that said, this took this team to another level. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that, I, I think, you know, I mean, you got to do the work, right? So, yeah. I mean, you know, nothing in life is guaranteed, but I think at the end of the day, if it goes the way this team wants it to go and the way they are built to suggest they are capable of going, then you can draw that line, right? I mean, that's, you know, I mean, these are, the, the, these are real things. And, and whatever happens, right? So what, you know, whatever happens in April, they get bounced in the first round, right? Don't see it happening. But let's say it still doesn't take away from what was, a, a real monumental achievement. And, and you guys both know, because you're at the ground level, and you think of, you know, the amount of work that goes into making something like that happen and all the pieces that have to fit together. It is a giant jigsaw puzzle. And again, you know, running into NHL staff, even on you know, as late as Monday, and just how pleased they were at how everything had come together and how people had responded to it. It is, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't get done without the, the hard work. So, Good for both of you guys because you both played a big role in it, and good for, you know, good for this marketplace to to be enjoying this kind of success. Oh, absolutely, and and Scott, the funny thing that we're now focusing on is this outdoor game, and, and you still have the buzz from it. But we are eight days away from the trade deadline, and what you were talking about with this team and how it's built, you go from that excitement to, and and this might be a great question to bring Shane in on as well, the anxiety of am I going to be here? And I, I hate to bring this one up for Shane. Shane, you were part of the team that went on a – you were with them, and then you get dealt to Tampa, and that team goes and plays for the Stanley Cup. I'm looking at right now, Scott, you've covered this. You look at the Canes. How difficult is this week as a player now going, am I going to be here? Am I going to be part of this team that wants to make that run to the Stanley Cup? Is this a, a tougher week for players than I think we give credit for? Yeah, I think there's, you know, Shane will have a better perspective on it. But uh, my guess is the anxiety is different because it's, it, frankly, it's real hard to imagine a scenario where a, an everyday roster player from the Carolina Hurricanes gets dealt at the deadline, right? We know, we already know with Max Pacioretty's number on LTIR. So you've got, you know, 10 million plus in cap room available at the trade deadline. You know, like, it, 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 never say never, but my guess is it would have to be a rather extraordinary deal. You know, Timo Myers, the guy out there who I think is at the top of everyone's list on, geez, if you could bring that player in, he, he's a fit, not just, you know, for the short-term 23 run. It's, it's a long-term kind of ad. So, you know, does it require a young roster player? My guess is, the way that Don Waddell will approach this, I'd be shocked if there's a roster player who leaves the team in any kind of deal. So, you know, but there, you know, it may include, you know, young players in Chicago that are connected to the team and have friends and there are relationships there. So I think, yes, there's a certain level of anxiety uh, approaching the trade deadline for, for even acquiring teams like Carolina. Um, but my guess is there's a real, there has to be a buzz in that room about geez. What are we, you know, what are we going to do? Because the team's, you know, the pattern of this team is, is well established. They're a cap team. They're a team that wants to win it all. Tom Dundon has, is a go for it owner. And Don Waddell is, you know, is a guy who has made 
really important deals. And I think of the Pacioretty deal, even though it's, you know, Max didn't get to play much because of his injury. Brent Burns, you know, he, I, this is a team that is going to be swinging for the fences every single time. And they have assets and they have cap space. Um, so, yeah, no, you know, you don't make a deal just to make a deal. But there are some options out there um, that could make this team better. And I think there has to be some excitement in that room about, geez, I wonder what will happen between now and 3 p.m. Eastern time on March 3rd. Do, do you think that's fair, Shane? I agree. <clears throat> and I think there is that excitement. It's amazing when you start hearing rumors. And I agree with you. Any rumor you've heard about the Carolina Hurricanes making moves, there hasn't been a name from inside that locker room attached to any of it. You know, Mike, you mentioned my deal back in um, 2002 yep. when I was traded to Tampa. My name was involved, right, of a, of a yeah. piece that a team would be asking for. So you knew there was a little bit of smoke. Was there fire? Yes, it ended up being that way. But I haven't heard of any smoke, and I agree with Scott saying nobody wants to move a piece out of this room because they are extremely well put together right now with the chemistry you want to add to that chemistry so I would say they're looking at picks and prospects as you mentioned and what does that take how many picks how many prospects we've seen a few moves already Toronto went out and spent Toronto took a swing and got O'Reilly and Achari you know the Rangers went and got Tarasenko and it took picks um the Rangers gave up a player but mostly prospects from Toronto leaving and you know, Tom Dundon and Don Waddell over this past week have said, we will be very aggressive to make our team better. And so that should excite the room. It should excite yeah. the fan base to another level in waiting to see what happens. Now, remembering in the room, too, as a player, you're like looking at all the lines and you're saying, yeah. well, we have this guy. Where do I go? Does yeah. that take me out of the lineup? Because you know everyone wants to be in and everything's working right now. And that's a little bit more stress on Rod Brindamore and his staff of, this team's gelled right now, and, and all the lines are really kind of clicking along, getting opportunities and putting the puck in the net. So if you added a piece like a Timo Meyer or a Patrick Kane, what do your lines look like now? I guess that's the fun part of us. You well, know, yeah, sit back and we just draw up stuff and it never happens. But, but <clears> there's, al there's, always, there's always an outside thought in your mind. Am I going to get thrown in this deal? Because it, it would be hard for a player. I mean, I was excited for this group when they made the run in 02, but it, it was also hard to say, like, Man, I want I want to be in that locker room still. Yeah, well, and I think those are real things too. And I know, you know, my sense of all of this is that you know Don Waddell's not he doesn't he doesn't operate in a vacuum, right? Like any single thing that happens, you know, I think of you know the addition of Max Domi late in the going last year, like literally minutes before the end of the trade deadline. And you know what? And you know, like Max Domi it was a hard fit for him. But I think that's, you know, it goes to what you're talking about with the tightness of the group. You know, in that time, okay, how does it fit? And Max didn't really dislodge people from power play time or penalty killing time or top nine minutes. Or, you know, because he was sort of, you know, he was in and out of the lineup. But he, uh, and, uh, you know, speaking of Max, what, what a terrific year he is having playing mostly with Patrick Kane yeah. in Chicago. So good for him. Yeah. And, and heating up at the play. moment. Yeah, exactly. But, you know... I, my guess is, you know, maybe it turns out to be a more complimentary player like a Max Domi, that that's what Don Waddell and Rod Brindamore feel is are the best, you know, the best fit. You know, they have the assets, though, to, 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 to be talking about a Timo Mike. Yeah. Um, and as a player who could be, you know, he's got a $10 million qualifying offer, but also, you know, someone 
you know, not unlike uh, just very Coke and Yemi, where you could, you know, bring in, you pay an early fee, but then you bring him in a, 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 on a long-term extension that fits your your tax structure. You know, Pax came in a much different spot, obviously, end of a Hall of Fame or closing in on the end of a Hall of Fame career. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent as a $10.5 million cap hit. It's interesting for me, for Patrick Kane, who I, you know, like I spent a lot of time around Patrick Kane. I did, you know, twice when they won the Cup, I spent his days with the Cup in Buffalo. remember interviewing he and Jonathan Pace before their first training camp outside of Chicago. And I remember thinking, how was this, how was this 140-pound boy ever going to play in the NHL? Um, he's, you know, and again, last night, big win over uh, Dallas. He, and there have been a lot of questions about, Patrick Kane's durability and about his, I don't want to say motivation. Listen, that team, you know, the team's not very good. I and mean, it's a hard way to end a tenure that has been as long and storied as Patrick Kane's tenure in Chicago has been. But I think the last three or four games, you know, win over in Toronto, I believe, he has really, to me, he has shown this is a player who says, wait a minute, you know, uh, you know, stop keeping dirt on me. I'm not done yet. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm fascinated. You know, you know. Again, assuming good health, you do your due diligence. Um, you know, he's an interesting figure, and what would that fit like be like for the Carolina Hurricanes? You know, guys won three Stanley Cups, and as they say, surefire uh, Hall of Famer, arguably the best ever American-born player. Uh, you know, it's a real, it's a real interesting thing to think about. He's to me, there are two ends of the spectrum, right? Patrick Kane on one end, Timo Meyer on the other. Somewhere in between, there are probably six or seven other players yep. who can come in and make a valuable impact. But it, it's going to be a fun seven or eight days um, as we see what happens here. So that 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 would be my take on it. And, and I, I'm you know I'm sure there's is excitement in that room. You know, there's excitement in the you know, among the fan base, and and it must be exciting for Don Waddell and the coaching staff and and all of the hockey ops people. Um, you know, think about all these, it's not just Don Waddell, yeah. right? There are a lot of people who are out there and the scouting and the, all of the reports, making sure that whatever happens, that the fit for the team and not just production, power play, all that kind of stuff. But the fit in that room is going to be critical because that's the nature of this team. That's this team's DNA. Well, first off, you said Pat LaFontaine's name wrong when you said best American-born hockey player, Scott. I just wanted to throw that one out there. Wow. Yeah, no, I that is that is the wow. one that that is the hill wow. I am willing to die on. Okay. Just so we all, all know. Right. Oh, Patrick right. Kane is fabulous. Brian Leach is amazing. <laughs> but you two are Canadian, and this is this is now you're stepping into my arena here. So <laughs> I, 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 I am gonna I'm gonna throw this in there. Uh, Kurt, I have U.S. passport, my friend. I, I oh, that is I'm, true. I, I'm allowed to true. step in here. So that is true. <laughs> that is true. No, Scott, that's true. Did Patrick Lafontaine have? What's that? How many cups did he have? None. Wow. That knocks him down a notch. Last time I checked, it's not an individual sport. Kane has three. Mike Gartner had none. Is he not good? He's better than him. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Huge Pat Lafontaine fan, by the way. He's he's one of the best. Yes. So So I just just wanted to throw that out there. If he did not. I I didn't say he wasn't good. Shane, as you know, sometimes. one of the best overtime goals ever, so I could finally go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shane, as you know, sometimes uh, hits to the head can derail a career or send it to a different way. What do you mean? Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> it's well, you're asking that for different reasons. Uh, Scott, before we let you go, you you had a great sit down with Tom Dundon and people can find it at uh, carolinahurricanes.com, hurricanes.com. Were you surprised at I'm not going to say the honesty, but the fact that Tom Dundon with some of the answers was like, "Yep, this is just it." Were you kind of thinking that you were going to get a different interview than what you got out of the Canes owner? No, I think, you know, his comfort level continues to go up with um you know, being, you know, talking about, you know, his role with the team. And I think, frankly, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough. I've been around sitting in on a couple of draft war rooms and, and being around. I, I just think, I think there's a real, you know, high level of comfort, you know, in terms of the decision-making and in terms of, you know, where the direction this team is going and has gone since he took over. I mean, you know, you know, if you're, superstitious you may want to wrap on some wood but you know things have things have gone pretty well and I, you know he was I, you know he was he didn't say oh we were lucky to get Rod Brindamore but he did acknowledge listen you know this guy was here I didn't have to go out and find him and, and really so much of of what has happened here has flown has flows from Rod Brindamore and the culture and the identity we talk about that all the time but Tom Dunnan and, and Don Waddell have also made moves that you know you know, that, that are different from the, the history of this team in terms, you know, I think of, you know, paying the hard cash to take, you know, to, to, to take on uh, uh, Patrick Marlowe's salary. Well, that, it, but it comes with a first round pick. Well, what does that first round pick yield? Yeah. And what yield Seth Jarvis, right? So uh, if I'm not mistaken. No, you are 100% uh, you know, correct. Yeah. And there's a deal, you know, even going back to the very beginning and the deal where, you know, listen, the deal to move Jeff Skinner wasn't about bringing in assets. It was about creating something. And this is not a slight on Jeff Skinner, but this is a vision of how the team was going to be, how they were going to play, what kind of team they were going to be. And so the Jeff Skinner deal is part of that. But also, pick that comes back and that turns into Piotr Kochekov. Again, it's, you know, these are things... You know, there's you, sometimes you get lucky on a pick and a deal, but you have to have a vision and you have to have ownership who's willing to say, I'm going to, this is going to be money out of my pocket, but if it's going to benefit this team, you know, on the ice and in our pursuit of a Stanley Cup, well, then that's, you know, that they, they are in lockstep. And I think that's, you know, I, I think that's what I get from when I talk with Tom Dundon. It's not, hey, look at what I've done to make this team so great. It's like, geez, you know, we've, we've made some good moves. We have a plan in place. You control what you can control. And, and now you're at a stage where it's no longer okay to, you know, to be happy to make the playoffs. It's no longer okay to say, geez, uh, we got more than 12,000 in, in, the, in the stands tonight. No, I mean, this, this, the bar has been set higher throughout this organization under Tom Dundon. And that means, you know, that means you, people have to work harder because the expectations are much higher. But I think that's what everyone aspires to, right? In the NHL, you want to be a team that, yep. or that's what everyone expects of you every year. And I think that's where, you know, Carolina is that team right now. Burnside on hockey is what you want to follow along with is, Scott will keep you up to date with everything going on in the NHL and, of course, with the Carolina Hurricanes, our special contributor to Hurricanes.com. Follow him on Twitter, Overtime Scott B. Scott Burnside, we always appreciate the time. It's always a pleasure. The high point of my day, it's, I, may, I may have to have a nap now because it's all downhill from here.
I'm going to have one with you. <laughs> you guys, All you right. guys, you guys have one for me. Take care, Scott. Okay, take care, Dad. Thank you. Man, you know one thing we didn't ask him? I was going to ask him about tailgating. And if, like, did you get to no. enjoy any of it? No. You were, how early were you in the stadium? I left my house at 12.05, and yeah. I was in the stadium by 12.15. Wow. Because I was not, I was so paranoid I was going to get hung up. And so not was get to, I. Like that, you know how everybody has that, you know, recurring nightmare of, you know, you're on stage naked, yes. giving a speech or whatever. Mine is being late for big moments because I am perpetually late, as you yeah. know. I used to have that dream all the time that I was late for games. And that was my thing. I was I was not going to be late for that, and I wasn't going to be hung up. Plus, uh, there was so much behind the scenes for what we did on the radio broadcast with John Brockwell, the engineer for the Hurricanes Radio Network, David Modlin, who was our on-site engineer, uh, Lee Taft, who found a way to get in and, and do stats for us. We got him in for that. Uh, just everybody behind the scenes. I, ju- I wanted to make sure that I had every I dotted and T'd crossed. Well, I was nervous as well. I made sure I had a parking pass so everyone knows I didn't pull media passes and stuff like that. I made sure I was there early. I believe I was car number four into the gravel lot by the practice field. I was impressed. I have a picture of an empty lot with my car being like, I'm here. That was 2 o'clock, which led up to a lot of other things. But that was my question. Like, what was the best food or, you know, you had, but you didn't get to taste nope, anything. None of it. Hmm. guess it would have fell short. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I, because for me, the whole experience—that was the best thing I've ever been a part of. Covering. It truly was. I've covered I've covered playoff games uh, in the NHL and in the in the NFL to a point. Like not really on the road for playoff games, but you know you just have to provide content and things for it. I have covered Final Fours and championships where I've been there, covering, following a team, being in the locker room after they've won a title. Um, this thing to me was the most unbelievable event to the scale of everything that we saw and how it happened and how it was set up. And you know, I know that there is always – nothing will ever be 100% smooth and perfect. There will always be a, well, this could have been or that. Right. Sure. There's always going to be traffic. There's always going to be lines to the end. But I can tell you, I remember when I got to my seat right as the cap started coming out of the tunnel because I was in the lines getting in as everyone else. But as the Canes started walking out, I looked around and all the seats, everyone would seem to be in. Yeah. Right? Um, there were so many moments during the game when I wasn't watching the game. I was just sitting, kind of leaned back, looking around. Yeah. Um, and trying to soak in as much as you could during that time. All right. Well, with that, it's time for us to get to uh, a few things before we get to the oh. Twitter questions that are out there. We talked about it with Scott. I'm going to bring it up to you again about this week and how the Carolina Hurricanes are playing. But is is this week you're in first place, things are good, we just keep doing what we're doing, or is this a week where you know every time your phone buzzes you're like what? Do I need to, do I need to check something or is this team in a different spot? I think this team's in a different spot. Because I think as Scott mentioned and I think every player in that room knows <clears throat> and the way Rod looks at his team, and even Don looks at his team, the respect they have, there's not a piece inside that room that they want to lose to try and get better. Because your your argument would go back to be like, we've played our best against the best of the best. We're in first place only behind the Boston Bruins, who we're starting to catch. Um, 
So I don't think players look at that. I think they sit there with a little bit of excitement, but also knowing that there might be a guy. It's not going to be an influx, but is it one person that has to be moved? And no one wants to see that because of the friendships and yeah. the bonds you make with guys. But I think right now this team's excited because of what their owner and Tom Dunnan has said in the article when he talks uh, with Scott Burnside yep. and, and what Don Waddell has said. They're going to be aggressive, Right. Time is now. They want to win. You got $10 million in cap space to work with. Everybody keeps asking, and I know you get it too, but everybody keeps asking, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? I can tell you the one thing they won't do, they won't sit on their hands. Now, it doesn't mean that a big deal is going to be made, or it doesn't even mean right. that a deal will be made. The phones are ringing now. Now, remember, and I'm just going to bring it up because it's, I mean, it's obvious. If the Carolina Hurricanes are calling San Jose about Timo Meyer, guess what? There are a lot of teams calling San Jose about Timo Meyer. So their management team is listening to every offer. Yep. They have them on a whiteboard of offers, and they're going to try and pick the team that helps them the most. Just because we call, they're not going to be like, yeah, Carolina's good. Let's give them to him. They're going to manage those things. A lot of teams are calling everybody right now. Well, Don Waddell said it on the, the Vladimir Tarasenko deal that sent him to the Rangers, which is St. Louis really wanted a first-round pick, and they wanted the best first-round pick they could get. And that was going to be coming from the New York Rangers. Right. The, as you mentioned, the higher first-round pick, yes. right, when you mean the best. Yes. Because the Hurricanes will finish first in the top four of the National Hockey League. Their first-round pick's not going to be in the top 10. Right. Or the top 20. Right. So, just, that's what you're looking for. So, when everybody says, oh, well, it should just take this. Remember, the other team is trying to maximize the asset that they're moving out for everything they can get. And the team that's bringing him in is trying to, you know, give away as little as possible or get something else in return. You know, when we're talking about uh, anybody who trades for Patrick Kane is going to want the Blackhawks to retain some of his salary. Right. That is going to cost you picks to me, multiple first round picks. Well, no, it's it's if you want him to take depending on how much. Right. If you need the Blackhawks, yeah, five million dollars. Oh, that's a first round pick. Probably two. Correct. I mean, that's just I how mean, you're looking at it. The other bar that was set was Toronto to get O'Reilly and Achari. A lot of picks, a couple of prospects thrown in there, and another team. Will you eat this money for us? Yeah. We'll give you a pick, too. I mean, I mean it's it's worked right now, but that's a lot. So far, but Although, again, Toronto's in a different situation. because Chicago is just upsetting everybody right now, though. Patrick Kane is heating up everyone. Yeah. He holds the cards of where he wants to go. He sure does. It'll be Why an exciting, not? I mean, it's nerve-wracking, but I think an exciting week with the way, I think it's more nerve-wracking, Mike, for a team that's on the bubble right? or maybe out of the playoffs because you know your team's going to sell, a.k.a. the St. Louis Blues, right? I'm, They've just sold everything. I'm, I'm reading that they're in on Meyer. Why? Because they, they feel they can revamp. Mistake. Well, no, but you're getting rid of older expiring contract players oh, and you're I getting agree, assets you, in you got great players like well like thomas and Kyrie. there you're gonna have to sign some pieces st louis's issue is not up front i think they have a lot of talent right the back end's a little sluggish if you notice them under the pressure of the hurricanes well, it's because they're it's because the guys up front don't get back to help the hey don't the blame the forwards. i we am blame blaming the, the forwards the i'm just saying at some time there was there was more defense in the alumni game from the forwards that would, Even you got back. Yes. Again, pointing that out. Oh, good. I mean, when you're out there with Rod, and again, in my career, I was, 
I was lucky to play with Rod. You know you better come back a little bit. Or you're not seeing the puck. Correct. There you go. So before we get into the questions, the alumni game, to turn back the clock, have fun. By the way, you are now, according to a, the stat keeper, your hat trick has now made you the all-time leading goal scorer in the alumni game, Shane. <laughs> wow. I mean, for, I, those of, for those who follow. I'll be able to sleep like a dream tonight. <laughs> I know. If you were worried about it. I was worried. Well, now you know. But just, I mean, it was a blast for me to call that game, have fun, and, and those guys showing their personality on the ice and having fun to see Chad LaRose come back and play, see Rod Brindamore play, the moment created with his son Brooks Brindamore and Rod you know, just likes to kind of keep certain things away, but that's just a great moment to be a part of. You know, the Brindamores both on the score sheet for Team Brindamore, which is great to see Jay Harrison coaching the Justin Williams team. the The huge comeback by the Justin Williams team. Sorry, Shane. It really was. Yeah, it was. They were down four nothing. We but, put both our goalies on waivers after the game. <laughs> but Don Don Waddell scoring, scoring, and having a defensive play of the game yet somehow. Pat Bush in his final game, his referee said that he covered the puck and it was a penalty shot. I don't know about that, Pat. Just saying. Yeah, he made some bad calls. Well, it's his last game. <laughs> yeah. he, there's no consequences. Um, but, I mean, it's for you, that's the culmination of, I mean, from the second you knew, you know the alumni game is happening every year as long as there's not a pandemic, a pandemic going on. But this one was different. You knew that there were going to be some other players who – might not have normally had the opportunity to make it in or want to, who would have for this situation. All the stuff behind the scenes to get these guys here to play. Can When you're playing, that has to be the moment for you where you just exhale and enjoy everything and just play, despite the fact that your team lost the game. Sorry, Correct. Shane. Correct. I don't, the, the, the outcome really doesn't matter to me, besides everyone laughing and yucking it up for two or three days before. Um, I think, it goes without a doubt that Lindsay Robertson and our staff with the foundation can't thank the participants enough. Um, you know, these guys given a gracious donation to be a part of this weekend, a part of this game. We hope they, we were able to create a memory they'll never forget. Oh, I, there's no doubt. Um, How, I mean, just did you take a second to look around when you're on the ice? You're like, I'm well, playing in a football stadium. At the moment, as you talked about, where when the game starts, that's kind of when I finally was able just to relax. There was a time when the benches were kind of nice, they had a little slant, when I just leaned back and I actually put my feet up where the water balls go, and I just sat there and watched. Because to be, again, with former teammates and the 15 alumni that were part of this game, we can't do it without them. You know, Mike Commodore flying back in, still in town, enjoying it. Um, and then all our local guys, there's been some great conversations lately about our alumni and maybe organizing and getting more of an association together right and how can we help the community even more than um they already do so some exciting times for the alumni but um it was awesome i mean just a part of the celebration of the weekend that these guys were able to be a part of um and our foundation getting a ton of credit for that and, and getting some funds to yep. be able to go out there and again what this organization does and what i'm so proud of uh, with the team that works with me each and every day being a part of the community and being able to give back and being able to grow moments for kids and families, boys and girls, whether they're skating in a travel program or they're playing recreational hockey or what we have up and coming. We started, we almost forgot about Wednesday and the Legacy Project, Mike. And some more announcements coming up soon, everybody, when we're talking about ball and street. Your son or daughter may have zero interest 
and learn how to skate. Maybe you don't have the ability to get them. We're going to have a huge um, press conference soon in the upcoming you know, weeks and months that are going to give kids an opportunity that don't have to go to a rink uh, when we're talking about ball and street. So get ready for that. Well, you know, if you need a goalie for street Maybe hockey. Maybe we can bring – dude, we're going to bring back the media game to our announcement. Let me know. There we go. I'm I'll in. go in the other pipes. As long as you don't uh, try to wire one. Clappers. Let's go back to that for a moment. Because everyone's yeah, let's let's go days. let's go back to that. We're gonna go back to the f- second period of the alumni game. I took a slap shot. Yes, right. Was pretty close. Yeah, I thought I was gonna score. Felt good, but it just a little bit too much height on it, like I've had before in my career. I get back to the bench, and the boys were like, "Willie," I'm like, "This guy paid a lot of money to get the full experience. He wanted some heat." <laughs> I hope his family wasn't nervous in the crowd. But, but Lee Phillips actually responded that he thought that you were going to murder him I still with that feel, shot. I mean, he's got equipment on. I played professionally. I kind of know where it's going. Kind of. Notice he didn't he say that. Kind of. My favorite part about that game is I did keep track of what you were doing. You had the hat trick. You had five shots on goal. 18 attempted. Come on. In almost a murder. I mean, that's no different than my career. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you but, think Paul Maurice started calling me Wilbur? <laughs> here's here's my problem with I have no problem with you taking the slap shot in the alumni game because Lee Phillips, the goaltender who you did that to, had the pads on. And by the way, let's call out H. Wade Minter for only playing ten minutes in goal. Pulling himself. Pulled himself. Weak. Pulled I was, himself. I my next shift. You want to know why Wade has not been on this podcast? Right yeah. there. He was, he told me before because Cam. I asked Cam what period he wanted to play in, and again, so thankful Cam Ward jumps on the ice, a new Hall of Famer. And played goal. He, Cam said no slap shots, which we all respected. Wade was in the net, and Wade did not want to blow the lead for his game for his team. But my next shift, there was going to be one drifted from probably around the red line to see what would happen, and then Wade went to the bench. I was so disappointed. I know. Come on, Wade. And he, he's now, he went from the laydown netminder which one of the first years I called the alumni game, where he just laid down on the blue line and you had to shoot it over the top of him, to the fish out of water, flopping around style. I don't know if that's going to catch on in the NHL. That's not very effective. Yeah, no, not really. So we're all set with that. But again, Cam Ward, newly minted Hall of Famer for the Carolina Hurricanes in the Hurricanes Hall of Fame. Put the pads on. I'm not going to lie, that was cool. And he wore, he wore his throwback jersey. Sure did. He asked me if I had a goalie jersey. I said, yeah, I found one in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. Um, one more thing. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, oh boy. send it right back. You're going to see the amount of kids who want to play hockey in this area oh. double because of what we just saw this past week. I mean, I hope so. It might be a busy summer for me. I'm just, I'm, I'm putting I, that I, out there. I continually get emails and... Share with all your friends out there, everyone listening to the podcast. May 1st, we were open first goal registration once again. We're going to load these rinks up this summer with getting kids into the sport of hockey, the greatest game that's out there. So May 1st, if anyone asks you about how does my kid play hockey, make sure they get in some skating lessons now and then join our program May 1st and we'll have another epic summer with all these kids. Here's why, and this is from ESPN Stats, their PR. The 2023 Stadium Series saw significant viewer increase. 1.1 total viewers, 1.1 million total viewers. 
the most viewed edition of the Stadium Series since Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, like we mentioned. The Stadium Series was up 79% from last year's game. That Which featured Nashville. Yeah, that featured the defending Stanley Cup champions. Hmm. That was Tampa Bay versus Nashville, up 13 from 2020 Stadium Series game, which was Los Angeles and Colorado. Okay? So those are, and correct me if I'm wrong, L.A. is a pretty big market. Yeah. Fairly big, yeah. Just saying. I think it's number two. Yeah. Viewership for the game peaked at 1.5 million total viewers. The second most viewed game of the season across all of the networks. All of them. Of the season. Of the season. What was number one? Uh, they didn't list, so it probably had to be on TNT. Right. Uh, probably, oh, probably the the Winter Classic. Do you think? Yeah. Because that draws, I mean, that's January 2nd. People are home. Yeah. Uh, and then this year's Stadium Series was the most watched regular season game of all time here in the Raleigh market. Take it. Yeah. I mean, it's just an unbelievable weekend. Thanks to Nerva Lord, who was sending me all of these great stats. I did. I get that email as well. So we're there. Uh, now we're here. Time to answer some questions. Are you ready? Is that where we are? That's where we are. I sometimes have wondered this week, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting in, it's not freezing in my office, I which send is it, frightening to me right I'm now. I'm going to get on Twitter and send a question out to people. How do you feel this week in the office? Don't get on Twitter. <laughs> I'm just joking. Don't trust me. After last night, don't get on Twitter. Uh, Archer for Canes. What happened last night? That's yeah, Twitter you being Twitter. Oh. Just one event happens and everybody goes crazy over uh, uh. Uh, Archer for Canes, who we are uh, Archer. Locked, we are locked into a match with her question right almost now. every week. She does. Yes, she does. And uh, we're locked in a uh, a match with her right now. Oh, she our, wants to talk about our... fantasy hockey. No, she does not. Because that must mean we're winning. Uh, no, we're tied. 4-4-5 four, four, and five here of Thursday morning. I did so. meet a lot of people this weekend about fantasy hockey. Yeah. Who, are, who are in our league? Yeah. Yeah. And same here. Uh, what an amazing weekend. What is the one thing that surprised both of you to the good or to the bad? Honestly, there was nothing, nothing bad that surprised me from the weekend. There was, a, I mean, no. Like the, the one, again, let's not be all sunshine and rainbows. The one thing that people were talking about, oh, the parking. And the, I kind of figured that was going to I happen. I got in easily. You did. With a regular parking pass. You did. I did. My wife also got in, but I, I got there early enough where I'm like, you cannot, you cannot wait. If you were thinking about, oh, we're going to leave at three, to, no, you have to. I told. There's no way anyone was stuck in traffic and was late for the game. No, but right. everybody wanted to tailgate and really get into that. Your tailgating, and they probably saved you in a way. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, just because <laughs> sometimes you play catch up, and like you know I that's said, the worst I was thing the to do. Third car in. So, <laughs> <laughs> whoopsies. But I'm just. Thank you. That's all I could come up with right now. Uh, the the part for me is like I sort of expected that because I'd been to the. I don't know if you went to the Rolling Stones or the U2 show at Carter Finley, no. but I I have I was braced for, well, that was going to be rough. So the, there was nothing bad where I'm like, oh, that surprised me. Yeah. Um, and honestly, folks, if that was the worst part, unless, and Shane is right, unless it kept you from getting into your seat in time to watch the game, there was really, it, it's you're not going to be thinking about that three, four years from now. You're just going to be thinking about what an awesome time you had at the game. I really, I, I didn't have anything like Negative surprises. No, but good. Too many lists. Jordan yeah. Martin mentioned it. He goes, I just said 10 things. And I, there's more. Yeah. I mean, I could I could list 20 things that were unbelievable. I will say, the, you know the thing that surprised me? I wasn't sure how FanFest was going to be. You were there at 11. I was taking over the shift at noon. 
at our, our Bally's tent, and I'm like, ah, it's kind of rainy. Drizzle. Yeah, it's kind of rainy. It's kind of gray. Uh, you know, weather, a little weather tried to damper our spirits. It didn't. It didn't. Uh, that so that might actually be the surprise for me. And then I think twenty six thousand plus for a club hockey game. Yeah, because I'm going to include that as part of the weekend. Hundred percent. Well. So hundred percent. That's that. Uh, it's so good. And uh, oh, I think I kind of answered this, but. Uh, did the over-under for Storm Brews consumed pay out? Yes. There it is. Shh. And, uh, yes. I mean, you should have taken the puck line. <laughs> 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 Although the payout wasn't very large on the over. Uh, no, the, the, probably a minus 1,000. <laughs> Vegas had that one. <laughs> it's, uh, what is it? <laughs> Fuck. Five to two, where it pays out two and a half. I'll give a quick story. Yes. So I go up on the concourse at one point, you know, running into people, talking yeah. to everybody. I'm like, oh, I better grab a grab a cold one before I go back down. Right? I look over at one line. I'm like, oof, that's a long line. Then I look at the other one where it's like the serve-yourself fridges. One, what a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> but the line was also huge. I'm like, oof, that's no good either. And I was standing beside this young lady. I look, and she had this, b- like, backpack on. I'm like, she got in the backpack. And she goes, Coors Light. I'm like, no line. <laughs> Fine with me. <laughs> like, And I also said to her, I said, I don't think anyone knows you have that in that backpack. Because she was just standing there all by herself. It was a quick service. Yahtzee! <laughs> I, I did yell at Yahtzee. Especially when I had one in my pocket mid-third period and found it. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you forget? Never, never mind. I'm yeah, not going to ask that question. Yourself. That's going to stop myself before we get to an answer none of us will recover from. Uh, Carl! Oh, there is one more uh, follow-up oh. from Archer. Arch. Uh, how did the guys play Tuesday? I was still riding high. This team is just a professional team right now. When I say I w- when I say professional, they focus on what's in front of them. Yes. This, let's, not, let's just look at the points of where they're in a standing. You were still riding high. I was... Phew. There was no more high left I in was, me. I was kind of worried about it. I was in a nosedive. Rod Brindamore was a little worried about it in the press conference on Tuesday before the game going, you know, the concern is you come off of this huge week and then you have that game and it exceeded all of the expectations and now we're playing normal hockey again. Yeah. But this team, there are teams that you are around that you see in sport that have a different look or a different feel about them. They just go about – their their business and they know what they're going to do and you can't stop them. Canes have that look. Well, I think they're so focused. And Scott mentioned about the organization about having a plan. Uh, yes, Rod Brindamore, his staff have such a plan for these guys, not only for the year, but like on a daily basis. Yeah, right. And the players know what to expect. There's never a shock when you walk in the rock locker room of like we got to do this today. Yeah. It is a plan that's laid out that everyone is bought into and the players know and that makes their ability every day yep. to be rested and ready for what's expected of them um, and why Rod and his staff are the best in the league right now in preparing this team. Perfect. Thank you. There, there's literally nothing else I can add to it. Just hammer that. We should, this Thank whole show could you. just this, be that button. Exactly. It's Justin Williams <laughs> just NH, saying this. NHL, hit the button. Thank you. The fans. Thank you. Twitter questions. Thank you. Stormbrew Brewers. Thank you. <laughs> Kane's PR, Mike Sunheim, Mike Brown, David Piper. Thank you. Shane Willis. Thank you. The Foundation. Thank you. Our Ops Crew. Thank you. Jared Dupree. Thank you. 
I had to get Jared one. Yeah, we got to get personal Jared, one man. for Jared. Yeah, because Jared was the guy. The thing about the ice crew, the NHL has their own. As Shane mentioned, the guys there from nine to four. You have to have people overnight. Yeah, Jared was yeah. the guy who was Just there. One of everyone, the guys there overnight. Our entire crew who was hauling stuff back and forth. I mean, the NHL, the late nights. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. Do we see our fans? Thank you. You get another one. There we go. Carl, is there a difference in mindset? This will be for you, Shane. Uh, is there a difference in mindset for players that are on the same line all year, like the stall line, versus players that get moved between lines every couple of games? Five stars for you and Wilbur. Thank you, Carl. We're friends for Thank life. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we might be tired. Um, yeah, this is going to – how much more long are we going to go? Because we're going to take a turn into delirious. <laughs> we, we have turned. Um, no different mindset. You don't see it very often. Right, as a, that a line stays together. Yeah, n- now you don't, but right, but you know, I think it, it takes a special group of three to stay together all year, where things don't get shaken up. And there could be a time. I mean, between uh, trade deadline, injuries, all those things, there still could be a time where this line gets moved around a little bit um, for the Canes. But I don't think. As a player, your mindset doesn't change no matter who you're playing. It's more of an energy thing okay. when you go in. You know, you're kind of like, oh, I'm on a different line. There is a little pep in your step, if you will. I figured, and maybe to, to dig a little deeper in that, we got to move because we've got a bunch of questions here. I was thinking when you play on this line, well, my role is this, but then if I get moved with this center, my role might be the same, but this guy plays different than that center yeah. for you as a winger, meaning where I would go here, I might need to – even though you're supposed to play within your system and stay in the same spots, I understand it. But you know different centermen have different yeah. skills. Your other wingers do other things different. Maybe that's what we can yeah, do. Yeah, I agree too. with you there. That the mindset changes of who you're playing with and the way they play, yes. Yeah. So th- that's a good question, Carl. That was Thank a deep you. question. Thank you. Throw that in there. Uh, this is from Howie. He had a question for Scott, but we actually uh, had it answered. Mm. So we appreciate that, Howie. Thanks, Howie. Uh, Mike, how fun was this past weekend for you? It was the best weekend I had covering an event in my life, period. There's nothing else I can add. Shane, how sore were you after the alumni game? Not bad. Felt pretty good on Tuesday. Didn't know real pain. Um, I still go back to my career. I apologize to myself for not stretching enough. <laughs> really do. Oh, so you stretched out before this one? No, I sure didn't. Oh. I mean, I don't, I don't break tradition, but... I mean, I'm just saying that's why I get sore now is because I neglected that part. You should have talked to this guy. This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. You know, uh, Pete Friesen did encourage it at times, um, but I just I just don't like stretching. Well, you got to do it, man. We're getting older now, too. Uh, this is from Michelle. Incredible week of Canes hockey. Unbelievable stadium series. And to have your picture taken with the Stanley Cup, too, priceless. It was just a comment. Thank you. Oh, how about the line for that, by the way? Yes. That was all the way down Fayetteville Street. Saw a couple of people kissing it. Quite a few people. I mean, it'd disinfect your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know where that, <laughs> that Stanley Cup has been, folks. Just saying. <laughs> well, the guy cleaned it when he took it out of the container. That's fine, but there's... People are wrapping their hands around it, they're hugging it, and then all of a sudden you come up and throw your lips on it? I'm just saying, there's some things that you can't wash away, no matter how hot the water gets. <laughs> and there have been some stories about that thing, which is why it's the best trophy on planet Earth. Uh, Daniel Wagner, dropping a Canes cast on my birthday is a wonderful gift. You and Shane Willis are so thoughtful. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what we do. 
Uh, as the world burns. Great play from Andre Svechnikov last game. Helped the Canes to keep rolling. Is it likely we haven't seen the Category 5 Hurricanes yet? Not that they haven't been deadly against teams, but it just seems like they're still strengthening and becoming more efficient. Man. It's a good take. I... I'm going to... I talked about You know what this. that is? You know what that is? If you like it, okay. you can take it. If you don't, good, send it right back. Top, this was so, one of my topics on Hurricanes Live. So I will I will phrase it, which is, have we seen the best of the Canes yet? I'm going to say no. I'm with you. I don't think we have either. Like, I go... I'm going to take it back to the Stadium Series game because you look at the work they put in, and every game, the goals they continue to score, I'm like, whoa little tic-tac-toe action right there. And then it's not only one line, it's a couple lines. Now you have three, four lines. Like, even the Stasny, Stepan, Nason line have had some great A's this past few games. So I'm going to go with no. No, I don't think we have either. Best is yet to come. And we're going to see what happens with March 3rd. So we're all set. Uh, Follow-up, too, by As the World Burns. Whose beard would win in a fight, Jay Harrison's or Brent Burns? Hold can on, we can throw Patrick? Can we yes. add Patrick Eves? Patrick Eves was strong. That was, I would say Patrick Eves. I would say Patrick Eves. His, I mean, his beard looks like it's seen some things. It was dense. Like I it, think he could have got hit with a puck and it wouldn't have went through no, it. It wouldn't have. I mean, that's like an it's extra padding protection. We might have had to get some hedge clippers to get it back out. Jay Harrison though, Harry's beard is magnificent. Yeah, because it's a beard. It's no dark, it's not too. stubble. Yeah, it's rich, as they would say, rich, rich mahogany. mahogany. <laughs> Quite sure his house smells of leather-bound books. And he has a dog named Baxter. Uh, by the <laughs> way, great to see Jay Harrison. One of my all-time favorite Carolina Hurricanes. Great people, these guys. Yes, yeah, like that's the thing, too. We sat around the room for a while after reminiscing with the boys. But I'm going to go with Brent Burns' beard knows how to do things on its own. Like, I'm sure it can chop wood, hunt and fish if it needed to. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Let's just say a draw. I don't. That's a great question. I give draw. it to Eves. Uh, Zach Martin, favorite memory from the stadium series. I uh, I mentioned it with wow. Burnside. Mine was the Nature's goal. Um, for me, the flyover. Flyover was sick because when the anthem was done, it's like okay, it's we take over and we do the broadcast. But that flyover, in the players reacted to it because of how it was, and I could see that. Mm-hmm. But how the crowd reacted to it. Yeah. That was up there. Uh, I normally just, like, focus on this, focus on that. I purposely, for that game, tried to soak in as much as I can. And they dropped the puck. And for me, the moment was they dropped the puck. I say, and here we go. And I stopped and I looked around just to see the mm. cameras and the flashes and the, yep. the noise. That moment. I'm still thinking about it. Thanks, Zach. Uh, Jason Christie, what a fantastic week during such a fantastic season. Stealing a question from my son. Some of the score of the alumni game was 25. It's the 25th anniversary of the Canes, as well as Shane Willis's jersey number is 25. Coincidence? Jones. I'm going to say yes. Um, This is a great point, Jason. I know the Christie family very well his son owen deep into stats also loves to be a gm and i'm not sure why he didn't get entered into our fantasy league because he makes some 
you talk about me moving players. He suggests all the time when I see him in the rink, and I love talking to him. Uh, some of the craziest trades I've ever heard of. Oh, by the but, way, you're welcome for me salvaging a tie last week. I had a way to be aggressive. I was busy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I woke up Sunday. I'm like, we don't have a lineup set. What's going on? Yeah. So, yes, I think it was coincidence. It's a great way how everything worked out. I mean, it's just part yeah. of how perfect the weekend was. Well, that's just there's some things that you cannot explain in sport makes things come together that way. That's just one of them. Uh, this is from Marcus. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. I'm going to tell you right now, both of us are taking this. Oh. At the minimum, the Canes make it to the cup final. Thank you. Yep, taking it. Just hit the button again. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know if we needed to ask that, but no. figured we put it out there and it's a chance to hit back. Is that a rhetorical question? Yeah, it should be. <laughs> uh, this is from Josh McEachern. Question for Shane. How do you and Hannah focus during Hurricanes Live with all the fans chanting, let's go Canes? Probably the most asked question I receive. Um, I try not to look back. If I did look back, <clears throat> it would distract me. I'll tell you, Hannah wears two earpieces to totally block out the noise from outside, so she's only hearing my voice and our uh, producers. I only wear one. I think it goes back to my player days of when a crowd is loud, it makes you play yeah. better. So I enjoy when the fans are behind us. I know... At times, it's a little bit too crazy because they're close. Our microphones are picking up yep. things, and they don't hear us as well. Very difficult when we're doing a two-box mic with you yep. or with Trip upstairs because you can't hear us. We can't really hear you. So we're trying to get key points of when we're talking so it, it sounds smooth. But I think it, what's, it's what kind of makes our show awesome. Well, the, the funny thing is going back in the day. when it was Back in the day, it was me, you and I. Me and you on the desk. We only had those tiny monitors, so I never paid attention to what was going on behind us. I did the, it's the first rule of Italian auto racing, what's behind you doesn't matter, whatever's going, like the ice cream thievery and all that stuff, but now you have a monitor, so you can see what's going on behind well, you. Well, I try, again, I try and always stay focused on Hannah and the cameras, nodding. Okay. If you happen to glance, it could throw you, if I ever hear a stutter, I've looked down <laughs> at the television and be like, what is going on? Uh, and then a question for me. If the Svetch lacrosse goal went in, how would you have called it? I'm going to be very honest with you, Josh. I don't go into games with I'm going to say this or I'm going to say that, although I did say Dear Gussie for a save because during Fan Fest, somebody yep. asked me if I could bring it out of retirement. Uh, and I told them, I said, well, no, I retired it. I go, it was the whole reason behind it. I've explained the story a bunch, um, but it was done as a tribute to uh, former Canes PR guy, Pace Sagister. But I'm like, all right, I'll bring it out. You asked nicely. We'll, we'll go from there. So, and it was done. So you're welcome, Big John, uh, in Durham. But for me, I wasn't thinking about, like, oh, it's the lacrosse goal for the hat trick. But if you could tell, I think he's got it. And I think he was going to do it. And the thought would have been, and I can't just manufacture in the moment right now. I wish I could. There are guys who do. They have their stuff pre, you know, pre-recorded and what they're going to say. Uh, but it would have probably, had I thought about it sharp enough, and I think I would have, normally at home I'm going to say, here come the hats on a hat trick, just because that's mm. the – and I, for me that's the coolest thing. When you say, here come the hats, and it, it works where the cameras catch them all coming down. But it would have been his third hat trick of the year on his third lacrosse goal of his career, Andrei Svechnikov. That's the magic. Mm. But it would have been something like that probably. Yeah. He's the only guy who, like, I have something, like, I've told that that's the magic story. So that's part of it there. Uh, Zach Palma, no question. Just appreciate all the work y'all do. Thank you. 
Five star rating. Oh, best. I did notice life. this morning when I was in the gym. Um, we our podcast should be streaming on some other network. I don't know. I was looking at it. I wasn't paying attention. Joe Rogan and uh, the Kelsey brothers. Theirs just got put on some other level. No, we can. We should be there. Obviously. I'll I'll ask the questions. We'll see if we can yeah. get them there. Uh, huge Kaniac. Hi, Mike. What did you think of the college football atmosphere at the stadium series? I think the NC State fan did great. Reminded me of state football games a lot. Have a great night. Thank you. It. I think that was part of it. This was. There have been other games at college football stadiums. This was the one outdoor game stadium series game that turned into, we're going to make this a college football game. And not only that, a college football game in the South, where and it, it is an event. It was one of those things when I first, again, being behind the scenes and seeing the planning, and I'll eat crow on this one, because that was one of the things I was like, I wonder how that's going to work, you know, because we're so used to uh, the DJ and the music inside PNC Arena and, and what, you know, as a former player, the music, obviously, when you get fired up, when Nickelback comes on, as everyone does, and how well, a band... Well, <laughs> I'll leave that one loosely. How a band is going to affect that. I loved it. I loved the band at one end. I loved the students at the other end. That was First great. time ever. That was great. Having people at ice level to watch the game. I wish, and you can't do this in every market, but, again, when you look at sight lines and how it was in the stadium, I just wish they'd stay away from baseball stadiums. Like, it doesn't work as well. Agreed. As it did in the football stadium. Agreed. Um, obviously, I'm, I have no control over that. I'm just throwing it out there. But the way Carter Finley's built, too, there really wasn't a bad seat. No. Uh, if you were there. Because I'd walked around a lot of the stadium before the game. I had the time. God, you were uh, in there at 12.15. Yeah, exactly. But the, the, other, the other thing for me that was cool was the Canes coming out of the locker room to the state band playing Rock You Like a Hurricane. That was cool. Yeah. I mean, that adds to it. Uh, I'm surprised there didn't get a wolf pack chant going at some point. Mm. Just to. Nah. I mean, at the end with the the woofies up from the the Kings, that was good. Uh, Chris Long, not a question, just a comment. Please tell everyone who made this past week impossible. Thank you. We just did. There's a lot. It's a long list. It was a a once-of-a-lifetime experience that meant an awful lot to those of us who've been fans for this team for a long time. And that's the other part of it, too. Like, this game had been a long time coming. Yeah, but as Gord Downey and the Tragically Hip have said, it's well worth the wait. If you have never heard of that band, shame on you. Go find them. Go download every song now. Tragically Hip. Start with the early stuff, and it'll you'll go to the progression. Start with uh, up to here, or Road Apples, and then you'll oh, move on. What a tune! You're welcome. Little bones. Uh, let's see here. Best guess what the Canes do with all that cap space. Spend, well, I mean, the performance some of it. I put on in the alumni game. That's from James right there. I mean. Hat trick. And I mean, a clapper that might eventually find even, the net. I wouldn't even ask. This one went through the stadium wall. Um, I would only take a little bit of it and bring in some extra guys. All right. We have. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where you were going, but I didn't Did think you, you were going to turn. I really didn't way. get there. Uh, <laughs> I'll start stretching. All right. Um. This is from Zach Wright. There's a second part to this that might get a little eh, cringy, so I'm asking you if you want me to ask it. Of course. All right, here we go. Zach Wright, if you could have a specialty goalie mask made for you, what would be on it and why? Also, why does Auntie Ranta have a cartoon dog on his? Uh, his nickname was the, the Rant Dog in a couple of spots. The so, Rant Dog. So Because I've, I've heard that, so I believe that's why. I've never officially asked him that, but I think that's why. Uh, 
I mean, for me, honestly, what I would have on it would be like team specific, area specific, hmm. um, just things that you'd put on there. I'd put a Canadian flag. Yeah, you would. I'd put <laughs> I'd put an American flag. Probably put my kids on there. Could you go with names, birthdays, yep. like some kind of number? I'd put the American flag on the. I would definitely try and have something back. related to me or my family that was more, co- like, that you wouldn't be able to say. I know what that means. Like, I wonder what you know. Keep people guessing. Ooh, I like that. Like a little code. A little code. You know, yeah. it's almost like when you see someone's tattoo. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably have. I mean, I would definitely have a. I'd have a tip to you know my family, you know, my yeah. parents, and. My wife, for sure. Oh, uh, let's just throw this back out there with another thank you. How about the job George Alves does? Thank you. When he doing the work that he does on the mask. Uh, the, the mask he created for Cam Ward for his mm. Hurricanes Hall of Fame induction was phenomenal. And how about the work that Bob Gorman did and the work that the training staff, head All athletic trainer, Doug Bennett, Matty Aiello, Mikey Maraska, Bill Berniston. Thank you. We're throwing it out there. I already well forgot the last part of the question. No, we haven't gotten to it yet. Here it is. Oh, I was going to say, what part of that question if, was cringeworthy? If I have a crush on a girl from the Window World Ice Crew, what's the best way to get their attention? And then they said five stars for life. This is your department, sir. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> where, I mean, where do you sit? Yeah. I mean, you gotta, maybe you got to ante up one game and buy a seat closer to the doors where the Window World come out. And you yell, hey, windows. <laughs> I want. I can go I want, so many more rows right I, now that are popping into my head, but I can't. I want that to happen. That's what I want. Hey, windows. <laughs> windows. Over here, section 120. Oh, you want to borrow my Windex? <laughs> well, no, it's from the ice crew, so it's like scraping the ice. Shovels. Hey, shovels. <laughs> wow. You, sir. Hold on. I'm you tired. Are. They'll come to me in a minute. Just put up a... I know. I don't want to contribute to this to the point where, like, if it happens, and who knows what Zach Wright is. I don't know who Zach Wright is. Yeah, we're not setting this up. We're just trying to get the guy to get a little attention. Uh, and, you know, Zach, I'm a little cringy here because you got, like, 47 digits in your, your handle. That usually means you're, like, a Russian bot or something. And we're not going to have some bot... You know, just jump in here on Kane's cast and take us over and influence the way that we vote. I don't even know what that means. Even better. That's why you shouldn't get on this stupid site. Okay, we're not helping. Thank you. We're not. Window no. world. Thank you. Ice cream. <laughs> Want to shovel my driveway? I've got a rink in the backyard. See, it's all creepy no matter how you say yeah, it. Yeah, we can't get around No, it. there's nothing around it. Uh, good try, but we can't help you. Jordy asks a question, and I think a good way to end it here. With the Hurricanes and NC State being such close partners, do you think it makes sense to hold an outdoor NHL event along with the Frozen Finley game each year? Pack Stadium on Saturday, 26000 on Monday. Unreal. Turnout. Yes, unfortunately, I don't think the league would allow it. Yeah, the league the league moves it around, Jordy. So, But I think, you know, even if you looked at I talked to some people, I mean, like could, you can't, the, could like, this organization pull this off on your own? Yes, but I don't think that's allowed from no. a league perspective. Yeah. You want to say, oh, Valley's going to cover it and we just do our own thing? No. I don't think that's allowed. No. No, the NHL, I do not think, would let that happen, to my knowledge. Now, I do know that every year down in Charlotte at the Knights Stadium, there's a company that comes in, puts up a rink, makes it kind of a little winter wonderland. Mm -hmm. I am exploring that for Raleigh next year. Really? 
Yes. Really. I'm not sure how I'm going to pull it off. Well, but. You know people. I know, I know people. people. We're going to try. All right. We're going to try and bring an outdoor rink here. I'm not sure where we're going to put it. Let me know how I can help. But we're going to work on that because, one, for all the kids. Two, maybe we get another uh, club hockey game going. Maybe a little al- alumni action. If, maybe some men's league guys want to go at it. If you do that. If you can say you do this, I will dedicate myself to getting on skates, and I'll play in the game. Which game? If you play an outdoor game. You're in. Yeah. I, I will I will dedicate myself. I can't skate any worse than... Would you go away from the boards if you had equipment on? No, I'd want the seahorse <laughs> and then a stick. You can't just skate around and ram into people. That's That's my game. That's what I do. You're taking away what I do. This is true. I'll play goal. Trying to think back of the Twitter question that's about the animals, but I lost it. <laughs> the animals? I don't know. I'm all over the place. All right, it's fine. You're tired. I'm not. I am. Yes, you are. You know, you've you've done enough, sir. You have done enough. So we appreciate it. Hey. I hey, appreciate Shane it. Willis. Thank you. You're welcome. You I, got love this. I love this place. I'll give you the <laughs> I'll give you the last word of episode 242. Oh, boy. Guest. Sometimes you put me on a spot. I don't know what to say. Mm. I'm not sure, Michael. What was the last question? Outdoor action. Yeah. Rink. Oof. Mm. How about this? You go with it. Out of No, out of all of the things you've been a part of, player, Oof. now, you know, front office staff, putting on all these games, is this one of the best, if not the best, week of hockey you've been associated with outside of you being a player? Yes. And with that, we'll talk to you next week before the trade deadline. We've got, well, we got a trip. We're going to actually leave North Carolina for more than 48 hours. So we'll see what we can do to get all of those done. He's Shane Willis. He needs to actually get some rest, but he's going to be on meetings for the next seven hours. Uh, I'm Mike Maniscalco. We will catch up with you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.